This is Nerd Talk Everybody, to this week's episode of Nerd Talk Ellipse, where nerd enthusiasts such as us come together with a common goal to geek out and preach nerdism in yesterday's and today's nerd culture. Featuring your hosts, Lane Stein and DJ Ben Holla. What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us for episode 15 of Nerd Talk Lips. This is Lane. And I'm Deej. And as always, we're geeking out weekly with our listeners about our favorite nerd topics. From Marvel and DC, specializing in CW's Flash, Arrow, and Legends of Tomorrow, to Harry Potter, The Walking Dead, Dragon Ball Z, Pokemon, and everything in between. That's right, folks. And today on our show, we're going to be recapping Flash, Arrow, maybe a couple episodes of Legends of Tomorrow... Um, we're going to do some nerd news and uh, do some Fear of the Walking Dead average episode this week, but we got to do it, so here we go. Uh, we're going to do some nerd news. It's time for the latest in nerd news with Nerd Talk Okay, so Robert Kirkman, the writer of The Walking Dead uh, comic books and producer on the TV show, has decided to come forth and speak about The Walking Dead show, surpassing the comics as far as storylines and stuff like that goes. I'm going to read this verbatim from the end of his uh, last Walking Dead issue, number 154. Um, He says, I can see how going from number 75 to number 100 in eight episodes may cause some concern. But the show does double back on the comic from time to time, like presenting the Billy and Ben plot in a new way, which Billy and Ben, for those of you who don't know, were um, the two little twin boys in the comic books that were taken over by Lizzie and Mika in the show. You know, know, look at the flowers, Lizzie, and things like that. That was... it, It happened different, but in some cases it was the same. But it happened not at the same time that it should have, so... He said, plus, we're 54 issues ahead of the show. 
or really 54 and a half since the cliffhanger uh, interrupted the events of issue number 100, which is the season seven finale. Um, he says, yeah, look at it this way. It took us six years to get to issue 100, or I'm sorry, six seasons to get to issue 100. It won't take us six years to get to issue 200 in the comics. Um, and that will take us to season 12 and we'll still be ahead of the show at that point. He said, if the show is still going strong at season 12, that would be about the most amazing thing ever. So we'll be cel- we'll be too busy celebrating to be worried about anything. Um, so, I mean, he's basically saying that Walking Dead could run to season 12, which is which is cool. I don't know if, he'll, if they'll ever get that. If they're doing, what, 52 issues a, m- a year. We did 12 issues a year. Oh, yeah, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah, 12 issues a year. If I wish there was one a week. Yeah, that'd be crazy. No, I'm, I'm, in some cases they do more than that. Some Sometimes, cases they do one six, time. 15 or 16. Yeah. Well, that one time they did All Out War, there was two a month. Yeah. For a while. So, I mean, I, he's got a point. Like, if the first episode of Season 7 is going to be the last half of Issue 100, and then depending on where they go from that, you know, depending on when they when they, when they they meet Ezekiel, right? that's Issue 109. <clears throat> It just all depends. In the one with... Uh, like I said, they went through 25 issues in eight episodes, and there's only 12 a year. So they went through two years of comic books Yeah. in eight episodes. And if I say the one that the one involving Carl, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay, that's issue 105. Right. You know what I mean? And then Ezekiel is introduced in 109, and, and then All Out War starts, I think, at 115. <coughs> Right. You know what I'm saying? So, like, if they make All Out War go the rest of the season... They can stretch it out. Yeah, they can stretch it out pretty good. And then that takes us to, you know, it, issue... Or it takes I feel us like to they could do eight. this whole season up until All Out War and then do... Season the 8 whole, All Out whole, War. A whole season 8 of All Out War. I, yeah. I'd be fine, I'm fine with it. I mean, they. I think that that's, that would be good writing. Yeah. On their end. And, and they could... I mean, and plus, plus they've, they've introduced enough bullshit stories like Morgan and Carol right things like that that we just don't care about that they could fill in you yeah know, they can still and, do it like we all complain and bitch about it but ultimately it's good that they do do that kind of stuff because if they don't we are going to catch up you know they have to yeah and, and that's, that's not something you guys any of us will ever want because then you know what I mean the, the Walking Dead TV show will have to stray out down new paths and you know there won't be any comic book source material which is I understand that's the case with Fear the Walking Dead there's no source material but and that's one of the reasons why I like Fear the Walking Dead so much because we have nothing to compare it to, except in today's case. But we'll get to that when we talk about it. Right. Uh, but the next part of Nerd the Walking Dead news, uh, Robot Chicken, uh, Adult Swim announces that Robot Chicken, a new episode, they're going to do a Walking Dead special. So I imagine that would be they, pretty uh, funny. All, I haven't watched Robot puppet, Chicken in years. I, I didn't even know they were making new stuff. That's uh-huh. crazy. But. But as long as there's new other shows, that Robot Chicken can make fun of it. So yeah. it's not like it's. I'm, I I want to watch that. That's, that's yeah, for that sure. sounds I definitely want to watch it. But all right, so dude, look at now this thing is now this thing is right there. Good now we're gonna get into some DC Universe news. All right, like Lane said, we're doing some DC Universe news. I'm so sick and tired of people texting me during this. It's driving me nuts. But uh, all right. What, am I up? Sure. Okay, so Supergirl. Uh, Lane has still hasn't watched all of this yet, but. Season 2 was up under speculation. It wasn't renewed by C- uh, CBS, but um, it's relocating to Vancouver, which is where Flash and Arrow and Legends um, film, and I think iZombie, I don't know, but they're all going to Vancouver, and Supergirl moves to the CW, 
which is exactly what we wanted. Oh, yeah. Um, assuming that everybody is returning, I know I have heard one thing that Calissa Flockhart, who is... Her sister? No, the... Uh, the, the lady that she works yes, for. Yes, the lady she works for. Cat Grant. Hmm. She plays Cat Grant. I guess she she was a big member of the show because they filmed it in Los Angeles, and it was convenient for her to go. She just right. kind of had to walk, yeah, and she could go film and that and be done. So I I don't know how they'll do things like that. I mean, I guess they could totally film certain scenes in Los Angeles, and I don't know, whatever. Can't be that far. I think Vancouver's still East Coast Can- or West Coast Canada. Yeah, I mean, if they, I don't know if if they, it's not like if they replace her, it's gonna be it'd be the end of the world. Well, no, but she was a pretty big part of season one. Yeah, but either way, like I'd rather them replace her than Supergirl. Yeah, <clears throat> or any of the main main roles. Like. So this, I think this next part is a two part. Willem Dafoe. No, it's not. No, it's not. Rumored as an Atlantean in Justice League, so he'll be instead of Doctor Fate. Instead of Doctor Fate. Now there was this is all rumored, I and mean, he could end up being a complete character that we didn't even know it was happening until we see a trailer with him in it. Or, but I don't know if he'll be a bad guy in Atlanta, like in you know, or he'll be on the side of Aquaman. Right. Probably some villain. I can't. Willem Dafoe is just too good at playing a bad guy. I think. Willem Dafoe. Um. Willem. So. Dafoe. Reports that Steppenwolf, Steppenwolf, will be the main villain in the Justice League Part 1, currently filming with director Zack Snyder. Apparently, an early portion of the film will detail a battle which took place centuries ago, when Darkseid was turned back by Amazons, Atlanteans, and mankind. The battle will set up for two Justice League films, and Steppenwolf, and presumably later Darkseid, is on Earth in search of three mother boxes Darkseid left behind. Interesting. Uh, the Flash's Berlanti confirms involvement in Booster Gold movie and Zach Stentz, who wrote Kevin Smith's episode of The Flash, confirmed that he is writing the Booster Gold movie. Now, I got further confirmation on this. That was on Kevin Smith's podcast on Fat Man on Batman. Right. He had he was a guest because they were talking about his episode. Uh, Berlanti was a guest or Zach Stentz? Zach Stentz. Okay. And then um, I was listening to DC or Screen Junkies movie fights last night. Ooh. And Kevin Smith and Zach Sense were also guests on that show, and they talked a great deal about writing Booster Gold and mm. um, how uh, Greg Berlanti, who's you know the writer or the, the producer or director of Flash or something like that, he does he does Flash, uh, Legends, and I don't know how much I give Supergirl. a shit about a Booster Gold movie. I don't really either, but I I think it's pretty interesting. Like, well, it'll be interesting because he does a lot of time travel, you know. In uh... and, and, and like I told you before, he's Rip Hunter's dad. Yeah. Like that's that's even more crazy. Yeah. And then they were talking. They they did mention a little something. They were like part of the part of their podcast is like a you know it's like a game. And they're like if you had it you know if if somebody from the DCU or DC cinematic universe were to appear in the Flash, which one would you chose choose? And Kevin Smith is like Jason Momoa is Aquaman. Yeah. And they were like I would love to see him on the Flash and the, you know just like, like the, the thought show, of the him throwing a yeah. Just the thought of him throwing a shark like at an, at an enemy like would, right. is crazy. Zach Sense is like, I would love that. He goes, and he, he also said that he's going to be back writing like a great deal of season three. Good, Zach Sense. Yes, and that Kevin Smith is going to be back for a couple more episodes Good. next season because that episode would have him. We're going to be talking about that episode today. I think I'm trying to yeah. get a little bit into that. It was cool. It was good. Um, you're up next on this one. Okay. DC Entertainment Comedy Powerless. 
which deals with insurance agents living in a world where superheroes make their work. Very complicated. <laughs> Has been ordered to series at NBC. The workplace comedy stars Vanessa Hudgens, Danny Pudi, that's uh, from com- uh, Community, community huh? yeah. Alan. Alan Tudyk, I okay. don't know. <laughs> Alan Tudyk. There's a comma between Alan Tudyk and Kristen Kirk. It will re- reportedly feature some minor DC superheroes, including Crimson Fox. This is now. This hasn't come out yet. I remember you talking. Yeah, we were talking. Yeah, about it hasn't this. come out yet. It's still. So it pretty much is a show about what it's like to be an insur- insurance agent in the world of superheroes, which is like which is something that we've always thought about. Yeah, like 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 what what do you when you got Spider Man's webbing all over your car and it's hanging upside down or something like. Dude, call State Farm and like. Or if you're driving on the bridge and that and the the big lizard guy, what's his name? Lizard, Doctor Doctor something. Yeah, the big lizard guy comes and tears your car door off. Yeah, how, how, who covers this? Yeah, like you call your insurance. <laughs> like, how's this sitting on the bridge and my car got ripped? My car door got ripped off by a giant lizard man. Yeah, yeah, superhero insurance. So. So that'll be pretty interesting. I like Danny Pudi. He's 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 funny. If you guys ever watched Community, he's pretty funny. Yeah, he plays Abed. Abed. Community. So it was. Pretty cool. I'd like to see Dan- Donald Glover make his way back to a TV show at some point. He's but a funny son of a bitch, dude. He's just making his he's making his way in the rap world, dude. Childish Gambino can't yeah. beat it. He's not bad. He's weird. His raps are weird, dude. Yeah, some of them are good though. But I oh, to- okay, so I have a clip for this next one. Oh, basically, what it, what it's saying is that Jared Leto, <laughs> who's playing the Joker in the new Suicide Squad movie, um, was as he was getting into the role, he was uh trying to different you know different joker laughs and he was using them out on the street you know trying to figure out which ones were going to be very jarring to people and, and in the process he was creeping people out so i uh, i have a clip of the of the interview he doesn't do any laugh in the interview or anything like that but um it's just a, a funny funny little clip that you all can hear so i'm going to put that in here right now and then we're going to come and then we're going to go right into the next thing I worked on the laugh, like walking around the streets in New York and Toronto, and I kind of would walk around the streets and, and see what laugh would, like, kind of get under people's skin. You know, if you hear someone laugh loud at a restaurant, you try them out. it's a little jarring. Yeah, I tried them out. Uh, and, and I kind of got to a place where I would laugh, and people always turn around like, what is this, this creepy guy behind me? Uh, but anyway. Then you knew you got it right. Yes. Next part. Next part. All right. Uh, so he just, like he said, he just that 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 clip is interesting. You know, hearing J- uh, Leto talk about it. So there's a rumor, the script for Justice League is being rewritten every day on set, presumably by Ben Affleck, who was added as on as an executive producer of this film. In light of last week's news about him being incredibly unhappy about the critical reception of Batman vs Superman, this news might be great news. So if everybody was pretty much like, if you're disappointed in Batman versus Superman, they're aware of it, and they're gonna completely, you know, they're they're gonna try to make a movie completely, right, different than that. Because most, like we've said before, most people, the best part about Batman v Superman is Ben Affleck. So yeah. having him direct his own Batman movie is a great idea, right? In my personal opinion, and having him on the set of the Justice League movie, even in scenes that he's not in. Saying, I don't like this, this isn't right, we need to do it this way instead, and they are going with it. You think he'll be in Batman attire the whole time, directing a movie as Batman? I would. <laughs> yeah. If I were him, I would do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know that wasn't really his body. That's what they say. That's what some people say. I don't know how true it is. I, I don't either. 
There was people bitching about him. It wasn't actually him. He was fat or something. But I don't. You never. I don't. Well, know I mean, was he was shirtless in the movie. That was him. He was pretty when ripped. he was working out. Yeah. Yeah, that was really him. But in the Batman suit, I don't think that was him. Why? That's what they said. Who said? I, I don't know exactly. I don't know why people think that. I don't. I'm not saying I think. I don't think that was right. him. I'm saying that because that's clearly his face. What they're saying is I don't think that was him. That, no, his face is there. It, it's something very similar to. Uh, like the rock in that in that yeah. central intelligence. Oh, I know. I just, you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't I feel I disagree with that. It could be. I don't I guess we won't really know, but we have, we have, have we have two articles of Marvel Universe news. Two articles, yeah. So, I guess I'm up for this one. But uh so Captain America has uh I'm sure by now I wrote this days ago, so I'm sure by now it's even higher, but it's over 200 million at the domestic box office. Um so what did Deadpool do ultimately in domestic? Uh, I don't know. It's, it's, oh, I, I thought no I it was, was it over? It was almost a billion, right? Or was that worldwide? Um, that I'm not sure. Of. Let's find out. Deadpool. Well, he's looking up that. Uh, the Defenders and Jessica Jones season two filming back to back. I haven't watched either of these shows. Well, the Defenders is has Daredevil. Yeah. Oh, so that'll be new, right? Yeah, they're well. I heard I heard that they're doing either a show with you know it's like it's like uh, Daredevil and Jessica Jones and um, Luke Cage and someone else Iron Fist I think. Oh yeah. I think that they're gonna each one of them is getting their own separate show and then the Defenders will be a Netflix original film. That'd be cool. Kind of like the Avengers, but like uh, the oh, Avengers. No, yeah. What do I search? Deadpool domestic box, box office. office. So Deadpool is it domestic? So total lifetime gross domestically Deadpool is at three hundred and sixty-two million. So in its entirety. Worldwide is seven hundred sixty-two million three hundred seventy-two thousand eight hundred three. Wow! Opening so. weekend it averaged. Oh, opening weekend was one thirty-two million four thirty-four six thirty-nine. You think? I wonder if Civil War will catch up. I don't know. I so, a box office mojo is what I'm on right now. Let's yeah. see what it says. So domestic so far is yeah so it's already ninety five million more than I just said so two ninety five million eight hundred ninety two thousand seventy eight worldwide is nine hundred and forty million eight hundred ninety two thousand seventy eight. Damn. So that's that's pretty crazy. Pretty massive. I think it, it's gonna if, if it'll it, it'll catch up probably. See in the, this this related story right here. Uh, Captain America is number one again as Marvel Cinematic Universe's tops ten billion dollars worldwide Captain total. Us? No, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh yeah. Like, you know, they're 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 so they're, they're, they're they made money. his. It says here Disney makes history, topping one billion in domestic ticket sales in just 128 days. Like that's crazy. Yeah. Like the but I mean Star Wars was a big help for that. Oh yeah. Star Wars almost made a billion dollars by itself. Right. That's insane. I mean, dude, Disney's killing it right now. Jungle Book made a lot of money. I still um, want to see that. Yeah, I still want to see it too. Jungle Book made a ton of money. Uh, Captain America's killing it right now. Um, 
And we still got freaking Rogue One this year. Yep, Rogue One this year. I'm sure that they'll do another one coming up. I'm when sure. Doctor Strange comes out. Doctor Strange. And that uh, might be it for Disney this year. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy as Beauty and the Beast comes out next year, I think. I don't know. It might not. It might come out this year. I don't know. I don't recall. What's <laughs> uh, it for Marvel news? And we're going to get into Star Wars news. So, yeah. So, Star Wars news. Um, I like this. I can search while I'm recording. I never even realized. There's a new Star Wars Battlefront game coming out in 2017 with content from the new films. I think it's stupid. I mean, all the people that bought Battlefront, they could just update the game. You know what I mean? Like, give you new updates and download all the new content. But they're going to make an entire new game. We're going to have to spend all that new money. And then the other game's going to be useless almost. It's, it's, uh, to me, that sucks. But, whatever. Um. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm with you there, but I... I don't think I can stop myself from buying it. Yeah, but that's the shit that sucks. I know. That's I know. <laughs> All right. So so long speculated. We yeah. You know, I mean, we even talked about it a little bit during our Star Wars May Fourth event podcast. The much talked about Supreme Leader Snoke theory about Darth Plagueis. Apparently, the Star Wars story group definitely said. That Supreme Leader Snoke is not Darth Plagueis. He said that's the bottom line from Pablo Hidalgo of Lucasfilm's Star Wars Story Group and the Continuity King. Hidalgo has authorized multiple books like Visual Guides and Encyclopedias about Star Wars. Authored. In addition, what you said, authorized. He authored. Authored. Them. He wrote oh, them. okay. Authored multiple <laughs> books like Visual Guides and Encyclopedias about Star Wars. In addition to being one of the members of the team who helped keep the world of worlds of comic books, TVs, and movies together. His, okay, so he basically said, quote-unquote, his apprentice killed him. Um, he said, Sidious killed Plagueis, ascending to master, as with or as is the way of the Sith. And I said, Sidious killed him, or killed Plagueis. He killed him. Killed as in to kill, like there was killing. He is dead. <laughs> there you go, three words. He is dead. So... According to this guy, we're all lying. Like, we're all full of shit. I mean, it wasn't like it was unrealistic to assume that because the fact that there was that rumor that Plagueis could transcend death in some way. Right. Know, like no, the, I know. I, who's to say that this guy is legitimate? Like, he could just be, yeah. I mean, he yeah. could just be blowing smoke up our rear end, so we don't think so. And then, you know, but if they're, they're calling him the continuity king, I mean. If he's calling himself that, then then that's fine. But nobody's calling him the undisputed continuity king. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like Walking Dead's considered the undisputed king of cable TV. Right. But, you know what I mean? So is fucking football. <laughs> I don't know. But that pretty much covers all of our nerd news today. We're going to get into the Shar shows. I think... Uh... We're going to go briefly over Arrow and Flash. We didn't really take any notes. Yeah, we haven't been taking too much notes. Because we're, I mean, we're behind on recaps and stuff because there's been a lot of stuff happening. Yeah, so we're going to we're gonna briefly go over Arrow and Flash, what we remember. Then we'll get into Fear. All right, uh, well. I'm, I'm looking up some notes here. That way we don't lose track. We're doing Arrow first? No. 
Alright, this week of Flash, as we know, last episode, you know, last week's episode, you know, not pretty much two weeks ago, because the new episode comes on tomorrow. I don't but remember where we left off at. I do know, did we, t- we haven't talked about it in a while? We haven't talked about it in a while. Well, the, in the last episode that we watched, when we, I know we did talk about him when he lost his speed, I know that for a fact. Because then, uh... Yeah, we talked about we were we had we did an episode where we talked about he gave the speed to Zoom. Yeah. And then I'm pretty sure Lancelot we did an episode about. But anyway, the end of the episode of last week he got. They were trying to figure out how to get Barry's speed back. They created a hologram of some sort to try to make to make people think that the Flash is still there. You know, uh, pretty much Cisco was controlling it and Barry was wearing the suit. This is rupture. Rupture. Yeah. Yes. Here we go. Ruptures, yeah. This is a two weeks ago episode. Alright, so here's what we got here. The episode opens with police in pursuit of a suspect in high speed traffic in a high speed traffic chase. Cisco calls to Barry to tell him Sphere Oh, Sheer. What? I don't know what that is. Barry's wearing a motion capture suit and running So okay, so I don't I remember now. This is where they have where the whole city is being Ravaged by Zoom, and the uh, they got the um, the uh, hologram of Barry. I've said that already. Oh, did you? Yes. I'm sorry, I wasn't paying attention. Yes, because Cisco was controlling it, and Barry was wearing the suit. Okay, okay. Um, that makes more sense. And then so like uh, yeah, and then so they're trying to just keep the, pretty much the hope alive that the Flash is still there. They don't want anybody thinking, because they're pretty much thinking as every villain that knows the Flash is not around. They're gonna come out of the woodworks, you know, pretty much. And they get to that more in the next episode. And uh, I know we start, you know, at one point, Vibe Cisco has a vision about his brother, and it concerns him. So he goes and visits him at a bar, and then of course his brother's kind of dickish and always pretty much down talking Cisco. And who arrives but his brother's doppelganger from Earth Two, all known as Rupture. I don't know much about Rupture. I looked him up, and there wasn't much information about him. I don't know if he's a new character or what's the deal with that. But he was interesting. He well he wielded a scythe that he could blast energy rays out of. He was an interesting character. He was working for Zoom, of course. So and yes, and this and this whole time, this is the, this episode is Barry is trying to. Uh, he, he's basically at a, at a he's fighting himself on whether or not it's a good idea to be put into a new particle accelerator explosion. Yeah, like his dad is pretty much saying, don't do it, you don't need to be the Flash, and Wells Wells is very adamant on him doing it because there's nobody else that can stop Zoom. Like, Right, and he's worried about his daughter's future and things like that, so it's it's really crazy. And there's there's a lot of... There, there's And Joe is always like right in the middle. He's like, you ain't... He's like, you, you gotta, gotta do what you gotta, you gotta do. do. I mean, Joe wants him to do it because he doesn't want... The metahumans attacking the city, and he doesn't, you know, want Zoom there. And but he doesn't also want Barry to have to do a decision that he doesn't want to do. So he's like, it's like Joe's kind of pretty much Wells and his father all in one package, like he. Right. Um. So then, at some point, Zoom arrives to the police department. Um, when Joe and Wally are talking, and he arrives to warn everybody that the city is now his, and he'll kill anybody that disobeys him. Um. And, you know, basically Zoom's in charge, and they all agree. They're like, okay. Like, yeah, uh, I was pretty surprised that that's how fast they did it. Yeah, there's not, I mean, like, they, they all have their guns pointed at Zoom, and he goes, you know what happened last time that you guys all shot at me? He just catches every bullet, and, like, it's 
So it, it's po- very pointless to shoot at zoom. Right. So. And as when they're on Earth One, Zoom has Caitlin there. Um, he brings her back, but he handcuffs her in the police department to a desk. Yeah, and, this, and at this time, the uh, the police are all taken on. They're at jitters. They're all they all relocated to their. That's going to be their central area right now because the police station is overcome by fucking Zoom. So yeah, they're trying to bait him in. But I don't remember exactly what their plan is. Well, I don't know. Well, they didn't really have a plan. They just needed to go somewhere else. But then Caitlin texts texts them saying that Rupture, because she overheard Zoom telling Rupture to go attack them at Jitters. Oh, okay, yeah, that's right. And then Caitlin uh, texts them. Text, she found yeah. a, she finds a phone in an evidence box, because she is, you know, she's clever. So she was looking through evidence boxes that she was locked next to and found a phone and texted. <laughs> she's not clever enough to put the box back on and put yeah, the box back. Yeah, I mean, it might, she might not have been able to. Yeah. But uh, Rupture shows up and. He, he, I mean, he's not all that powerful, I guess. He kind of got taken down pretty easily. Like, right. You know, like, they distracted him, and then fucking Joe hit him with a taser gun, I think. Right? If I remember correctly. And that was, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, like, Zoom, no, like, Barry showed up in his in his hologram flash, and Rupture was this... Con- he was confused by a flash. He was trying to hit him, and yeah. I think, and then the cop showed up and tased him. Yeah, when he when he shows up, but uh, this is this is really helpful. Uh, when he shows up and he start like Cisco's at the bar with his brother and he shows up, uh, rupture does and it's obviously his brother's doppelganger and he calls him he calls Cisco vibe, and vibe. his brother's like, why is he calling you that like, and um, uh, you killed my brother like, as we know Zoom killed yes uh, Reaver. Reverb which is Earth Two Cisco but obviously Zoom is letting him yeah, to believe rupture that it was believing, lie yeah rupture. Uh, the villain reveals himself to be Rupture, the Earth 2's version of Dante, who is angry about the death of Reverb. Um, so he shows up at the police station, he gets taken down, and then Zoom shows up, and he practically kills him, kills, uh, uh, what's the fucking, Rupture, Rupture, for pretty much failing, because as Zoom does. And then Zoom proceeds to do one of the fucking craziest god, brutal things ever, like, he like all the cops are standing there pointing their gun at him. As Barry, Barry runs down. And he's standing there like you know as Barry Allen and Zoom just fucking runs around the room so fast and just and then all of a sudden and then he's back to where he was and all the cops just dropped dead. He just snapped all their necks. It so was fast. absolutely crazy. Less than a blink of an eye. All their just necks pr- he could have killed. He left Joe, Joe's captain and Barry alive only. Yeah. And it that was, was one of the most crazy things. Pretty I've much like I can kill you all in literally a blink of an eye. That's just nuts. And Barry, you, the look on Barry's face was just mortifying. Like, he's like he couldn't do anything, and that's what pretty much I think that was the last draw for him. He decided that he has got to be the Flash again. So Cisco's tried to, you know, he tries to, you know, uh, uh, get make thing get closer to his brother, gives him a hug, and his brother's just not, you know, he's confused, doesn't understand what the hell is happening. Well, he comes out to his brother, pretty much telling him that he is a meta. Yeah, he has powers, and which I mean, in this world right now they're living in, it's not very uncommon for you know they all know that people have powers, so it's not like weird, you know what I mean? Like, it's not too hard to believe, right? So pretty much this, and also the entire time in the uh, Wally and Jesse have been locked up in the time vault while Harrison Wells is prepping. Yeah, the particle accelerator that Barry still hasn't decided whether he's going to do it or not yet, but he's doing it regardless. Um, 
And this is taking place in the cortex. Uh, let me see here. Well says there's likely thousands more metahumans that we didn't know about yet and that Zoom will start soon recruiting them. To his cause, Barry decides at that moment that it's time to get his powers back. Yeah, because Zoom outed to the... I think he outed to the camera that the Flash was not the real Flash. It was a hologram. Yes. So now everybody knows that the Flash is not there anymore. That concerns everybody. As I said earlier, they're going to come out of the woodworks knowing that there's nobody to stop them. Um, and, then, and then... So Harry Wells wants to position their experiment on the roof so that when Cisco uses the Weather Wizards 1 to summon lightning, there will be a, a lightning rod. Or he will be their lightning rod. So that's whenever that's when you get that Harry Potter reference. Yeah. Well, that, yeah, he says, "Uh, gonna get that wand." He goes, "The wand I made for the weather weather wizard." He goes, "No, the wand you made for your Harry Potter convention." Of course, I made that one. <laughs> He's like, "How do you know about the Harry Potter convention?" <laughs> and then, uh, as they prepare to hit Barry with the necessary variables, Iris tells him, "Whatever happens, it will never change the way she feels about him." Henry tells him that he doesn't have to do this, but Barry says that this is where Iris tells him she loves him right yeah. now. She she actually finally now. We're going to start this seeing is where that. Barry says that the Flash is the best version of him. Yeah. Um, so he decides to do it. What a thing to tell Barry, though, right before he has to, right. like, a life or death. Well, Like, I love you, Barry. I know you've loved me your whole life, but no. Um, so he straps into the chair, and the, uh, that will redirect all the dark matter and antimatter energy into Barry and, and protect then, the city. And they have, he, he came up. Uh, Wells found all the chemicals that Barry was uh, subjected to during the first time, and but now they're actually he's actually injecting them into him, which is insane. So I have a question about this, and okay. maybe you can help me. So Barry, the when he got his speed the first time, they were there, they're <coughs> present in the room, and he got doused in them. Yeah. Okay. This time they're being injected directly into him. Right. So this presents a bunch of questions for me and for anybody. Um, and for, I might have to ask you this not on what? air. What? Because I don't. Because I want to talk about Wally and Jesse. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, I feel uh, like it'll make them faster. That and but I'm saying when, so maybe I can say this without being so talky but more visual so when 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 it happens in the end of the episode Barry disintegrates yes and he turns into the antimatter right or the dark matter and moves through Jesse and Wally yep do you think that the only reason they're becoming that is because of the latent metagene in their body from the pineal like we learned about from stop motion or do you think that since Barry basically is that dark matter him having the chemicals infused within him and the antimatter moves through both of them at the same time so they all three of them get a jolt of everything that Barry just got well it just depends and that's what makes them it all just depends on how accurate the show is to the comic books when it comes to the metagene like I know they mentioned the metagene in the show but does it they go it they go really it? deep into the in the comics and the and all that and the stop motions and all that that you kind of have to have the metagene to even be a metahuman. Right. You know, you have a certain... Your metagene has a certain characteristic that pretty much in, ensures what you will be. Right. But I don't know... I don't know what... I don't know how it works in the show. You know, I, if they're... I don't know if they're going to go into detail about the pineal or... That would be crazy, though. Yeah, if they, yeah, that would be crazy. I know, like... A little bit of spoiler here, but a lot of you guys that know Jesse Quick and Wally West are speedsters. And we got a little taste of that in this episode. 
Because, like he said, when Barry gets hit by the, you know, that he does lightning and he gets hit and he kind of looks like he disintegrates. And he kind of like, it just looks like pure energy. And he just, he, and then right as Wally and Jesse Quick are running around the corner, Barry just kind of passes right through them and puts, knocks them unconscious. And then what DJ's saying is pretty much, are they going to hold true to the comics? And, or just the fact that Barry was pretty much, Barry was pretty much the epitome of the speed force at that point in time. Maybe so. You know, he might have just. I think he. I think he just endowed some of his speed force into them. Well, in that situation, my, like I said, does it? Do you think the chemicals that will play into it at all? Like, do you think that the chemicals that were that were given to him directly, instead of just being spilled on him this time, will have anything to do with his his matter? As a you know, going through those two, like, oh, I think it's all going to be relevant. The fact that of him getting hit with the entire entirety of the uh, accelerator and all the chemicals, uh, I, don't, I don't think they're going to specifically say, like, "Oh, the chemicals themselves did this." It's just going to be the whole and, situation. And you said earlier, which was my second question, you think he's going to be faster? Probably. I mean, yeah, I, I guess. I think that being being and this will take us right into the next episode, so it's not. But I think that being in the Speed Force, like he ends up being, yeah means that that he's gonna come out like supercharged you know what i mean like one thing yeah i mean one like thing superman that, prime like yeah well, one thing that bothers me about the whole speed force thing is that like barry talks they talk about and we'll, we'll, uh, I, it'll still bring us right into the next episode you know barry passes through them and they freaking out barry's dead barry pretty much his suit's pretty much gone zoom shows up and he goes oh you killed your last hope or whatever and then he left and that left everybody just in shambles but the next episode pretty much begins and uh, Vibe decides to touch Barry's suit, and he's like, "Oh no, he's still alive. He's somewhere. You know, I don't. He's not sure where he is, but somehow Wells is like he's in the Speed Force. Like Wells just knows. It's weird, but uh, the thing that bothers me that I was trying to get to was that Barry says, "Why do you choose me?" Like you know, they're like, "Oh, you're part. You're in the Speed Force, and you you rejected your powers and all this." And he goes, "But why choose me to be the Speedster? Why choose me?" Now, if the Speed Force is choosing their people. Why would they choose Zoom, or why choose Reverse Flash? Like, you know, the the way they're making it seem is that the Speed Force chooses who they decide to give powers to. But yeah, they're choosing these evil, terrible people. I, uh, and another thing that is mentioned in this episode is that the the Speed Force version of Iris. Yeah. Okay, she says, he, yeah, he says, "Why me?" And he says, "She says because you're the Flash." Right. He was always destined to be the Flash, but yeah. So like, I think that might play. I feel like that might play into what you were saying about how he became the Lightning. That turned himself. That into turned the... himself into the Flash. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I read a uh, issue before. It was one of those uh, graphic audios, and it was. I think it was Crisis on Infinite Earths, the one where Barry Allen dies. He uh, actually is the reason he is the Flash. It's interesting. Like. Right. It, so I mean, it just—it's like a like a, like a paradox, like without yeah, complete paradox, which is just crazy. Yeah. I wonder if they'll ever get that for. I don't know. I wonder how much. It's just crazy. I, I don't know. Like, they can't really do. For, I feel like they can't really do a crisis on Infinite Earths without all the superheroes. Like it'd be weird yeah. to do it with just the Flash. But all right. So this episode was called the Runaway Dinosaur. Um, I had no idea why it was called this at all. Turns out it was just a child storybook, which makes sense, I guess. Um, 
This episode opens right where last week's episode is off. Barry is gone. His father's mourning the loss of him. The rest of the team goes into denial, hoping to track him down. Barry calls out for Je- or Harry calls out for Jesse and Wally. They don't answer, so the team runs through the lab to go check on them. Wally wakes up, but Harry says that <coughs> Jesse's heart has stopped. She springs back to life, uh, though, and Iris tells Joe to find Henry, who is a doctor who can check on them. Iris tells Joe to get Henry, and he does. But before he leaves to go check on Jesse and Wally, Cisco touches Barry's costume and vibes on Barry, standing in the middle of what looks like an energy storm. It's like a big cyclone with a bunch of lightning all over the place. See, it's crazy because Wally and Jesse both got hit, but Jesse seemed to get the worst of it. Because Wally pretty much got up and he's been fine since. Right, and he hasn't showed any signs of being a speedster. Neither has Jesse. Besides the, the zap. Yeah, what, what Barry did during Yeah. At the end, but we'll get to that. But you know, like Wally, Wally just seemed just unfazed at all. Really, he got you know he got knocked out and he came got back up and he's been practically good ever since. Right. So on a bed, Barry wakes up in his childhood bedroom, um, roused by what sounds like sonic booms. He explores the house in silence, seeing everything just as it was when he lived there. But there's a crime scene taped in the living room. Joe is examining something on the floor. Barry calls out to him, and Joe tells him that he isn't Joe. He asks Barry how he feels being back there, and Barry says he feels awful. Not Joe said that um, we thought we thought Barry would be more comfortable with a familiar face and familiar surroundings. Barry tells, or he tells Barry to sit down, which is something that happens a lot in this episode. Right? Yeah. Like, and, and as you're, if you're understanding that they are the epitome of the Speed Force, they pretty much control. Like, they're they're pretty much saying they're they're being people he recognizes and putting him in places he recognizes to make him more comfortable. Yeah. Somehow they're putting him in the most the worst times of his life, like, you know, his mother's death. Right. At the freaking gravestone. You know, like, they're, they're trying to make him more comfortable, yet they're sticking him in. Right. He needs to come to terms with this stuff, yeah. so, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they, they have a purpose for it. It's just funny. Like, their their logic is just funny. But they're pretty much saying that the Speed Force, them, who the, spe- who the people, who these entities are in the Speed Force, has been there since pretty much the Big Bang that started everything. Like, so Right, they, yeah, it's right. It's all right. Yeah. This is perfect. Uh, it says, not, not Joe, ask Barry what uh, he knows about the Speed Force, and Barry says that it's the source of his, abar- his abilities. Um, uh, I'm just going to call him Joe. So Joe says yes and no, saying that the Speed Force predates the universe and will exist after the end of the universe. Barry deduces that he's talking to the Speed Force. He's confused that the Speed Force just so happens to look like Joe. Um, he says that the Speed Force needs to send him back because his friends are in danger from Zoom, and something passes by outside, casting a shadow. Um... Joe tells Barry that he isn't going back until he catches that thing that's running outside, running around outside. Um, so, like I said, this is all a subplot. You know, the the tap, it's the main plot, and then the subplot is happening um, back at at Star Labs. Um, the Flash tells, or Team Flash, sorry, tells Harry. That Barry is still alive, and then after uh, describing Cisco's vision, and Harry says, Harry says Barry's in the Speed Force. Joe tells Henry that they'll eventually figure out where Barry is, but Henry has to keep Jesse alive. Yeah, he is. Uh, yeah. Um, Henry, who's Henry? That's his dad, right? His dad, yeah. Henry is a doc. He was a doctor before all this happened. If you guys do not remember, he was a actual, you know, was a really well-known doctor. So he's there taking care of. It's funny, and Cisco says, "I'm glad you're here because uh, Caitlin's usually the one that does all this stuff." Because as smart as Cisco is, he doesn't have that doctor. Right. He can't do all that stuff. So Iris then tells Henry that 
all of Jesse's symptoms are very, very similar or remind her of Barry's symptoms that he had during a coma back in the episode one right. of The Flash. So um, then he wanted all the records from how Harrison Wells or Eobard Thawne treated Harry and got Harry out. Of, I mean, got, uh, treated Barry, I mean. So they're looking for all that. And him and Iris, uh, Cisco and Iris go into the morgue. They have a morgue down there. And, <laughs> and then uh, this is when... You know, you start making, you start hearing sounds, and all of a sudden, then Iris is like, "Stop making the noises!" And Cisco's like, oh, "I ain't making any noises," or, or something like that. And then, uh, oh, and the door gets smashed down, and out comes fucking Zombie Girder. Zombie Girder, how horrifying! He goes, "He's like, oh, yeah, it was just funny. the look on his face was funny." Um, so Girder starts He's like zombies. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Girder starts just going through the morgue, trashing the place. Uh, Iris signs a flashlight in his eyes, and he briefly stops and runs away, turning into metal and staggering out into the streets of the city. So, Girder's the guy that was like, like kind of like a, a tool bag fucking kind of guy, and he was hitting on Iris, and he could turn to metal. And Barry was having a hard time with him, but that's when he used the Mach One punch, where he ran so fast that he kind of just broke sound barrier and punched him, and that was cool as shit. So. Right. Which we thought was dead, but apparently the, the the accelerator somehow reanimated his brain in a way to make him zombie-ish. Yeah. So. So after that happens, we switch back to the Speed Force. Barry is standing in a park, catching his breath after chasing after that uh, shadow. That it's funny because he's running at normal speed too. Like yeah. That, like you got to catch that speed, sir. And Barry's just. He's like, just jogging away. He's, yeah. So it's. Um, he meets up with the Speed Force version of Iris, and she says that we're glad. We're glad. He- you made it. She asked him if uh, she. She asked him if he remembers the place where he and Iris had their first kiss. She said that um, she's surprised. He seems upset. He tells her that the whole world is in danger and the Speed Force is keeping him here. She says that he was given a rare and precious gift and he rejected it. He tells her that he nearly killed himself trying to get his powers back, and says that that's not what she meant. Um, he asked why they gave him the powers in the first place, and she said because he's the Flash. So we already went over that. And the gift that I think she's referring to, well, what do you think she's referring to? I don't know. They're very vague. I think that she could be referring to the gift of, of not just being the Flash, but being able to time travel back to see his mother yeah. and not being able to save her. And the gift, in general, would be he was able to make make good with his mother and come to terms with it right. by being there and seeing her off before she died and letting her know that he was safe and, and doing that. And that's why he rejected that gift, because it's, he didn't come to terms still. Yes, because he still didn't come to terms with it. Yeah. And now that he's trying to get his speed back, they're trapping him there to make him yeah. I mean, become the Flash he needs to be. That's a good. That's a good point. I like that. Because um, with no, they're not. They're obviously they're not talking about his speed as his gift, and spe- specifically, you know, the the speed force talks and riddles pretty much. And right. Um. Star Labs. The team tells uh tells the team tells them about Zombie Girder, and Joe tells Wells that he needs to find Barry, and that everyone needs to do what they can do best. Iris and Joe are getting. Are going to look for Tony, which is Girder. Yeah, they realize that he is after Iris because they're saying that usually like people that come out of comas or whatever they 
like the resort to their old, you know, where they're going. People are like, he said a guy that got out of prison, he broke out of prison, stole a cop car, and they found him because he went back to his ex-girlfriend's house. Right. So they're saying that it was an easy, you know, it's a, it's, humans are creatures of habit, so they tried to come to who Durder was with, and she's like, Durder wasn't with anybody, he was coming after me, like, oh. <laughs> so they went to Jitter, they round, they realized that there was like a path of destruction, and right. during that path of destruction, yes, Speaking as we know, this episode was produced, or uh, directed, directed by fucking uh, Kevin, Smith. Kevin Smith, who you know is from uh, Jay and Silent Bomb Strikes Back with Jason Mewes, and... We knew there was going to be a Jason Mewes cameo in this, and I'll let him go ahead. So outside Big Belly Burger, Gerder destroys, starts to destroy a Hummer, and we see a man and a girl walking out of Big Belly Burger, and this is Jason Mewes. <laughs> He's talking to the lady, and she says something like, "She's like, oh, is that your car?" He's like, "Yeah, it's my car." It was a beat ass looking Hummer too. Yeah, it was it was gross. And then Gerder just starts breaking into the Hummer, and then he. He shouts at the top of his lungs. He's like, hey, that's my mom's car. And that's, that's all just, we get. It's a funny little, just seeing him, it's just funny. Now, apparently him. he was in it again, but we he, he's dressed as a metahuman, so you can't tell. Like in the end scene? In the end, yeah. yeah I'm sure. Um, I tried looking at everybody, and I couldn't, I couldn't recognize him. Yeah, that's what they say he was in that, but I doubt but, he'll be in there again. For So then they ultimately believe that uh, he will ultimately show up at Iris's house where Wally's there. And uh, they show up, Wally's there, you know, Wally's at home. And they hear the crash. You know, they they realize that he's coming. And they said, "Wally, go up to your room." And he's like, "Ah, oh, I can't ever do anything. You guys are always keeping me out of this." Blah blah blah. And not not after he drops the coffee cup. Oh yeah, that was funny. Because <laughs> well, he he he's Joe's assuming that Wally is a speecher now because of pretty much what was happening. He's using his brain. And he goes, "Are you sure you're not having any side effects?" He goes, "You know, sometimes a boy's body can change." And then Wally's like, uh, "I think you're a little late for the puberty talk, Dad." And he's, He's like, no. He goes, I'll just let this do the. He's like, the internet's a big place. Uh, <laughs> and like, he like drops, like Joe drops the mug with so much confidence, and then Wally's just like, what the fuck? Like, why'd you do that? And then breaks all over, and then. <laughs> and then I was just like, that was the cup I got you for your birthday. <laughs> he goes, yeah, well. <laughs> it was a pretty funny moment. It was. Um, I was uh, I was expecting him to catch that fucking mug too. That would have been straight to the shit. That would have been awesome. Like if he would have just did it out of instinct, and just that was the moment he realized he was a piece of. Ah, the kid flash. Yeah, right. That'd have been nuts. Um. So this this next part that happens is awesome. I thought it was so it was one of back take yourself back to that time when when Joe and Cisco went to Barry's old house and they recreated the scene. That was awesome. That was some of the coolest sciencey shit I've ever seen yeah. on the show. This was cool as fuck too. In the breach room, Harry gives Cisco Barry's costume and the gives him the recipe for a feedback loop where he'll vibe on Barry and essentially serve as a homing beacon to bring Barry back. Yeah, it was cool. It was cool. It was. I thought it was really interesting. So this this allows Cisco to basically enter the Speed Force and see what Barry is seeing, he, they think. But Barry is standing in the cyclone of energy, so that's all Cisco is seeing. But right. Barry is seeing... Whatever they want thing. him to see. Yeah, whatever they want him to see. So Cisco arrives, you know what I mean? It works like a charm. Cisco's standing in the thing, he's vibing Barry, you know, and he's basically put into... This before he's standing behind Barry. He gets Barry's attention, but Barry doesn't. Barry, you know, in the storm, Barry turns and looks at Cisco, who shouts, "You know, take my hand and and um." Uh, so you got to come with me, and then and then the speed force at the same time is telling Barry, "If you leave now, yes, you will have to leave without your speed." And he right. goes, and so he has a choice of either going back now. He can't really talk to him. He can't let Cisco know what's happening for some reason. 
So Barry decides to stay to get his speed back, which is the whole purpose of doing this. If he would have left now, it would have been absolutely. Could you imagine? Like not not that anything else in the show is not is is unfathomable to see with your right. naked eye. Could you imagine being Cisco, just standing there being like, "There he is!" Like right. that's my fucking best friend that I've been with for the last two years, and he turns and looks at me and then just Leaves keeps me. going. Yeah, you know what I mean? Could you imagine like your thought process? You just have to assume that something else is important is going on, or that I don't know. You, you...
Abraham's episodes when they get on top of that on the fire truck uh, fire truck and they start blasting zombies with yeah. the fire hose. dude that was so fucking cool yeah um so back to the speed force Barry makes his way back home following the shadow uh at the dinner table Barry's mom is sitting sitting there and he tells her that you're not my mom which is it's very weird the, the, the scenes that happen after this is weird obviously it is a speed force but it's taken shape of his mother um he asks why the Speed Force is doing this to him. She says that they aren't doing anything to him. They just that he's just tired and he asks him to sit down again. Um, he tells her that they were right and that he hasn't accepted his mother's death and he and won't truly ever do it. She tells him that he has to find a way and that she doesn't know or that he yeah that she doesn't know how but um, but that what his he has become is wonderful and it won't stop bad things from happening to him and he has to accept that. She says that Nora, his mother, is proud of the man that he's become and that the Speed Force knows how Nora feels. She kisses him on the head. And back to Star Labs, this is where Iris offers to make herself bait. And Siska realized maybe Barry didn't want to come back. Right. Well, like they... You know, they, they tried that gun thing on on him, but it didn't work. And then, so then, and then they lock themselves in the room where I believe they were trying to reach Barry the first time. And they shut the door, but Girder's punching the door, which is denting it. So they realize we we do not have very long, and so like they're like vibes pretty much saying we gotta try this again, we gotta go again. And then he's like, and then Harry's like, take me. He goes, I'll go, I'll talk him into coming back. And Iris is like, no, let me do it. She goes, I can get him to come back. And so then vibe starts vibing again, and then uh, she's touching him. They're doing it together. And and while this is all happening, Barry and his his uh, Speed Force mother are bonding over his favorite children's book called The Runaway Dinosaur. Um, until she asks him if he's ready. He gets up, uh, reaching out with a closed fist. He catches the shadow as it runs past him. Um, and it is him. It is the flash in the flesh. Um, and two berries become one berry. And then, he just, and, and then he's in his costume and he just becomes the flash again. Right. And Cisco decides, you know, they decide to try again. Um, uh, and they're going to bring Barry back. Him and Iris appear in the living room no, of Barry's old house. Cisco wasn't there. Remember when he reached and then she he was like holding hands with Iris? Right. It was just Iris. It what, what's crazy to me is that Cisco can vibe through Iris yeah. and make her see his vibes. Yeah, but why was Cisco fucking nuts. in there? I don't know. Only Iris's body was there. I know it was to do a little scene with them because like they're in love now, you know, like they're right. they're gonna be together and it would have been Cisco just would have been in the third he would have been in the third wor- third wheel in the third world or like in a in a vibe world and whatever. It's funny. What and, and another cool thing is that uh, his mother tells you know says the famous line "Run, Barry, run, run, Barry, run." Yeah, but I mean it's very very sincere. Like yeah. instead of it being like so then all of a sudden Barry just pops out into the real world again. And he looks he looks a little confused for a second. He goes, "Holy shit, what's going on?" And then. So right. goes, I'm so glad you're here. He goes, we got, we need you, we need you to do this real quick. And <laughs> yeah, he. Uh, let me see if it's if it's on here. Cisco tells Barry about the zombie girder. Barry tells Cisco, lure, you know, he'll lure girder back to the workshop. And girder so comes he, through the door. Barry he, grabs yeah, Iris and yeah. speeds past girder. Yeah, he speeds past girder. They take him back to the room where the magnetic gun was. Yeah, and then uh, so they're in there. Girder walks in, and then Barry just starts to run around him, spinning, running around him as fast as he can. Charges which, the magnet, which yeah, which causes a generator. Even like Wells is like, oh, he's making himself like a generator, char- charging the magnets, you know, as he's going around, and then the the thing works again, and it pretty much does exactly what it should have done the first time. Right. Which it was cool. It was interesting. Um, Barry visits Jesse when Harry tells uh, Barry that he doesn't need to be there. He says he thinks he does. When he touches her hand, there's a little lightning, and she wakes up disoriented. 
I think he just imbued a little bit of the speed force right there. Just, like he's he's like, how do you know you could do that? He goes, I just did. I don't know how. Like, right. Uh, later, he must Barry... have learned something in the speed force that he didn't. You know, that, that just being there. Itself. Right. Um. Oh man, I was some. I read something about about it that he. He probably like like the the speed force is like you can see everything you know what I mean you can see the future you can see the past you can see the present you can see yeah, it's everything at once and then nothing all at once right so uh, he must have just known you know learned just implanted deep somewhere in his brain that he could do that um, anyway Barry is out of costume later and Henry's giving him a checkup Barry tells Henry that he finally understands Henry's sense of fate Henry tells him that he's staying in Central City from now on so that's cool he goes I know I was letting stay away because I didn't want it to be but now he's going to be there he goes I want to see my son be the Flash and then I know we get a scene he goes him and Iris go to the grave of his mom yep Barry and brings Iris to Nora's grave where he visits in person for the first time leaving flowers and a copy of the runaway dinosaur and he says he goes uh, Joe asked me to come here Many times, and but I always had some excuse why I couldn't. And so it was just that—that's him accepting it. I think now he's finally. I mean, he accepted it before he left the Speed Force. That was the only way he could leave. So he's come to acceptance, and I think that's just gonna make him a better Flash. All in all, who the fuck is Solomon? Oh, Zolomon. That's supposed to be <laughs> at Central City Police Department. Hunter Zolomon asks Caitlin. Um, whether she's with him or against him, cautioning her to answer until he returns from a trip to talk with his friends in the other room. He tells her that she can leave, but if she does, he knows he she's against him, like and he, he will kill them just like he... Uh, yeah, just... Because neither of them know the Flash is the Flash again. So. Right. Uh, in the main room of the police department, Zoom addresses a gathering of supervillains. Visions. Visions. Supervillains. Uh, rallying to prepare for the takeover. Yep, and there was a lot of them. Holy shit! Yeah, there was oh. probably fifty of them. So many metas, and so I guess, I guess we're gonna see how the how the speedster team does it. So that pretty much ends episode. this episode, and we get a new episode tomorrow. We'll be talking about on Friday. Monday. We'll be talking about on Monday. <laughs> uh, we're, we're getting quite a bit over. We got. Yeah, I know. Fly through Arrow. All right, we're gonna get into Arrow. We talked about. Oh, pretty much gotta talk about the, the same two episodes of Arrow. Um, and we we don't even have to talk about Legends today until you're caught up. Yeah, that's fine. We could do a whole bunch of them all in one. But in the episode of Arrow, two episodes ago, I believe I'm having a hard time remembering what happened. We talk, last time we talked about it was Laurel's death. Are you sure? Pretty sure. Well. So this is the episode Genesis that we need to talk about. Yeah. No, we talked about an episode after Laurel's death. The one where Arrow learned magic? This is this one. Okay. I don't think this is the episode after that, though. No, I don't. No, yeah, 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 because the episode that we just watched was not the same one that he did magic. I know that. I think there was was one... After the one where Laurel died, and then before this one that we so didn't talk about. Uh, yeah, well, we talked about the one after Laurel died. And, yeah, I know we did. Okay. Okay. Because <clears throat> remember, he kept... Because we were talking about how her dad kept, was like, well, if there's a way to if there's a way that Sarah could be alive, there's a way that she could be alive, too. Like, yeah. Okay. I, remember, I remember talking about that. I don't know if you can read any of these in room, but if you, if you want to, you're more than welcome to. The episode opens with two Hive agents arguing about the degree at which they should be afraid of Dark. Dark enters with Andy Diggle... Like, these are, like, the main guys of Hive, like, the pretty much the fucking, like, the top people. 
And a dark enters with Andy Diggle, Merlin, and Murmur, the guy with his mouth showed shut. After confirming that the rest of Hive kept Genesis on track without him, he kills the two people who were waiting for him and then intimidates the rest of Hive. Pretty much saying that he doesn't need them, he doesn't know why that they're necessary. Right. And so he pretty much, you know, like I said, he intimidates the people who are attending virtually by video conference. Um, at the lair, Oliver finds out that these two agents have been killed and reveals that he's heading to Hub City to meet with a friend of Constantine's to train in defense against magic. Which I found out that was she was made for TV. What's her, yeah, was she? Okay. Yeah. Uh, now, we didn't notice the girl, so they show up at this place where they're playing cards, you know, blackjack and text hold or whatever. And so they pretty much win her over. Uh, Felicity does pretty much, and she decides to take him down and train him into do magic, which she had, she reveals that he doesn't need a totem. The thing that Constantine gave him that tattoo on his body is pretty much the totem that all the totem he needs. But she, you know, she she tries to train him up real quick. She's saying, if you have more dark in your heart than light, then this all this will do is in in fuel dark's powers. And so she tries training him, but then she realizes real quick that Oliver has way too much dark in him, and she decides to stop training him. So that's there's that quick. And the, the trip is apparently quite dangerous, so going alone, the rest of the team... Yeah. So he's going alone, and the rest of the team is going to take a weekend to rest up. Thea, in particular, is going out of town with Alex. And he tells Diggle to, to not do anything while I'm gone, which we know that leads to him doing something when he's gone. Absolutely. Which so you think that you're you think Diggle you're, would you're learn. You're going to have to probably leave most of this, because this was my, uh, this was my uh, night where I took... Uh, Theraflu, oh. Oh, yeah. and I don't remember a lot of it. Well, you th- you think that Diggle would start learning how to listen to Oliver at this point? Yeah. So so like you know John, John pretty much goes to see Lila and his baby's there with her. She is pretty much in this bulletproof, bombproof semi truck trailer that she's constantly getting drove around. It's like a a mobile safe house. And he goes, I'm gonna go after him. I gotta do something. And she's like, No, you can't. And just listen to Oliver. And the next scene we see Diggle pretty much tracking his brother. And, he goes after him and ultimately gets caught, and they have Diggle tied up. And, you know, his brother's pretty much saying they're going to kill him or torture him or whatever. And Diggle's like, do whatever you got to do. And then Diggle gets out and beats them all up. He could have killed his brother, but he escapes, or at least he thinks he escapes, and he's all fucked up, shows back up to Lila's truck. And then we see a scene where his brother tells Dark that he has put a tracking plant on John. So that's bad. Right. So <coughs> in Hub City, back to Hub City, Oliver Lee heads into an underground casino with Felicity. Oh, yeah, we already talked about yeah, this. Yeah, we talked about that. Um, on their vacation weekend. Okay. On their vacation weekend, Thea wakes up to discover Alex is missing. She's worried, but he's just downstairs making breakfast to kiss. Yeah, so like it, it seems weird, and then she. Yeah, they go find his brother. She's a world shaman. Okay, Fortuna. Fortuna. Yeah, this is the world's name is Fortuna. I guess she was made for the show. Ezrin Fortuna. So we went over that. On their vacation, Thea is unable to get a cell signal, so she's starting to become suspicious. And but Alex is like, no, it's fine. We're isolated. He goes, you're always worrying about stuff. He goes, you just need to relax. And but then Thea cannot shake the feeling that the place is like too good. Too. She hears sounds and she gets. She hears sounds on a loop like. She starts recognizing that she sounds she's hearing are just the same sounds over and over and over again, which, you know, you'd have to be pretty in-depth with yourself to realize that. I mean, I think after a while I would... That's very... Uh, the first, all, all I kept thinking about was Truman Show. Right. Yeah, the whole time. Everything was so fake. And, 
That's all. That's all it kept going on my mind when he's like sitting in that that scene where he's sitting there in his car mm-hmm. and he's watching the car drive by and he's like, "It's all in a loop." You know, right. it keeps happening. The same car. Um, that's what it made me think of. Yeah, and so she's like pretty much freaking out. It's like she's like losing her mind. Like it seems like she's just going crazy. And then he, and then, and then she's like, "Did you drug me?" And he's and, like, "What?" Like, and he, he pours seems- out that that bottle of pills that uh, Ruve Dark had. Yeah, she goes. These are like vitamins things, pretty much. They're supposed to be helping us. Like, I always thought there was something with Alex, but I feel like he doesn't know as much as she does. I think. Right. He's pretty. He's just being. He's a pawn in this. He's being used real bad. Yeah. Like. So, in the underground chamber, for tu- Fortuna is planning to hit Oliver with a low dose of Dark's power. Oliver wondered if he needs a totem or an yeah, idol or something. So we went over that. Um, yeah, we went over the fact that like she she gave up on training because she has he has too much darkness in him. And then he said she can't possibly teach him. I do it, but to enough. What but she might seen. be able to do enough to repel it. Right. So, but she leaves him. Like then, so, so she like, well, hits him with a low else. dose of power that he's able to repel. What? Theater realizes that she doesn't even know where Alex said they were going for vacation. She mm. goes all Truman Show on him, <laughs> revealing yeah. that she knows the pattern of the noises outside. Like we said, it's just funny that they mentioned Truman Show on this notes, and DJ was talking about that. That's all I could think about. Now. Uh, the the holding where Delilah is staying in the semi truck, she screams at Diggle when she becomes when he comes back. When he comes back, she and he's fucking beat the fuck to shit. And so then they realize that now they're they're getting chased down by ghosts. Wait, she tells him to bring Andy to justice in the right way, and Diggle says he will. Well, yeah, we already talked about that. I guess, you know, yeah, he says um, he realizes that he's always going to revert back to the person he was. You know, because Oliver has just seen too much shit, too much bad darkness to even completely be able to block it out. So, uh, just like Felicity said when she dumped him, that he will always be who he is. He's always going to resort back to the man on the island. He cannot be both the right. man off the island and the man on the island. Because he wouldn't be who he is today without being that person. Which, I mean, he's pretty much just... I don't, somebody confronted him in this episode saying, how do you live both lives? I don't remember who it was. I think it was the last episode. And he goes, you, you don't. <laughs> he's like, you just can't. Oh, yeah, it was Felicity's dad. Yeah. He goes, how do you do both? And he goes, you you can't. So, but that's, we'll get into that, but. Um. So they, they're getting, tr- uh, the truck is getting chased down by some ghosts and they're getting hit. And then she's like, well, this, this, this semi-truck was designed to just like repel missiles or whatever. And so, uh, but Dark comes in, you know, uh, at first off, you know, they stopped the, the fr- they pretty much stopped the truck and then they, they blow off the back of the truck and Diggle flies out of the back of the truck on a motorcycle with his baby on his back which I I said to Nikki I'm like why would he he's going to be getting shot from behind and he has his baby on his back like yeah that's retarded like, uh, I, I thought the same thing yeah like if you're going to be getting chased and at least you know at least put the baby on your front so you're not going to get your baby shot first like that just seemed weird to me that it's that like was the a, least safest place for your baby yeah on your back while you're getting chased what people motorcycle. Guns, yeah yeah dumb so anybody, they could have done anything. They could have shot his tire out, and he could have fell on yeah, his back. Yeah, I mean, it, well, it doesn't matter where she is in that situation. But the fact that he's getting shot at all, like, yeah, don't get shot at. Don't have the baby be the first thing that's going to get shot. Like, I, whatever. <laughs> well, Lila calls her back up, and they, t- you know, she she tries. She, you know, pretty much Damien Dark grabs her, and I don't know how he knew this was here or whatever. This is a thing that. Uh, Waller had in place. It's a, it's a, she has a chip in her arm. We don't know what it is yet. We don't really learn until either. I think no. I, I think it's the codes for Rubicon. No, it is. Oh. Saying, but I don't think we learned that until. The next oh, episode. okay. Well, no. 
she doesn't at, at this point we don't know what it is we just know that he's pulling chip out of her arm okay i see what you know, you're she, saying you know he he does his telepathic thing and pulls a chip out of her arm and then oliver shows up and does some bad fucking ass shit dude like he does he this does. grapple thing like he shoots him with the arrow and it pulls it to him and he pounds him into the ground but then of course dark does his force choke thing he's, i'm getting real tired of it's yeah. just very predictable for him but he's doing that thing where he touches Oliver and like you can just see like the life coming out of him like you know like he's like dying and rotting right but then Oliver pushes it all back and then fucking dark gets blasted against the wall and again the same thing happens every time he gets up and the dark is gone like i it's just it's getting all too fucking repetitive for me with Damian Dark it's, yeah he's like he's like oh he's like too powerful but like i dude, i don't but i i would love to see Damian Dark fight against like someone who matters or not that Oliver doesn't matter but but yeah someone Someone who would be a real adversary for it. I think the Flash could take him. Yeah. I think Ollie's a better fighter, as we've seen, because when Dark lost his powers, Oliver destroyed him. Like, Yeah. You know, and then, but see, Damian Dark was also supposed to, as a predecessor to the B, uh, with Ra's al Ghul. You know, he was going to be a leader of the League of that, that That's who it was the whole time, I think, that Ra's al Ghul was going against, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. So you know he, you know, so Damian Dark, even without his powers, is a he's a worthy adversary. You know he can, he's a, you know he's a great fighter. I couldn't imagine Damian Dark in the role of Ra's al Ghul. Yeah, see, it's a weird. Like I said though, in the comics or whatever, he's like a scientist and he does things like this. He has powers like this, but he uses there's a technology that's doing it. It's nothing to do with magic. It's which, yeah, it's they, I don't they completely changed this character just pretty much the same way that they completely changed Vandal Vandal Savage. So I, that's I mean it's whatever. It's still cool. I still enjoy it, but. So, you know, like, so, yeah. Damien's gone, and then Oliver's like, holy shit, he's like, Oliver almost died, you know, so he he pretty much used that magic that Fortuna said that he wasn't able to use. Right. And he did it. Uh, go down a little bit. Oh, yeah, and then Diggle, he, Diggle chases his brother down. Do you remember this part? Diggle, yeah. But Diggle he's, chases his brother down. And, he does what he has to do. And he ends up... Well, he basically, he, he does a Shane, he does a Shane effect to Rick. Or like Chain does to Rick, yeah. In in season two of The Walking Dead, when he's just like, "You can't protect him." Yeah, and he goes, "He's like, because we will kill your di- your child won't be the only one that dies." He goes, "Your kid will die, your wife will die, everybody's gonna die." Yep, and John Diggle and can't protect lo- him anymore. That's the last thing. That one, the only thing he Diggle. Is, the thing the thing is that Diggle just doesn't even think about it. He just he just he boom him. like he blasts. Yeah. Him. Well, you start talking about killing my family, you're gonna die. Right. right. Yeah. Exactly. Die. Like, doesn't he doesn't even take into account for the fact that a family member is saying that, and. He doesn't feel very happy about doing it. Yep. Yeah, I mean, he had to do what he had to do. Uh, yeah, and then, like, I, they go tell Oliver to do what he did to keep them safe. Uh, you know, he closes Andy's eyes. So then right after that is where we find out about it being yeah. Rubicon. At the lair, Oliver is rooting when Felicity comes in. He's worried about Thea. He tells Felicity about repelling Dark, saying he was not, he was able to do it because he heard Felicity's voice, saying that Felicity is the good within him. Ultimately saying that no matter what bad or darkness he has in him, Felicity will always be able to just push it aside. So, <laughs> Like Ron and Hermione. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and then uh, the... here the rest of the Team Arrow, including Laurel, telling him that he had hope and keep fighting. So just as long as he can keep all that in mind, he'll be able to use his power against Dark, which should really trouble during me and Dark. He's not going to be, you know, but the end of the last episode was fucking crazy, though. But we'll get into that uh Lila wakes up. Diggle tells her Sarah's fine. He had to kill. He tells her he had to kill Andy, but he told her he told her he was going for his gun. He didn't want to tell her that he just shot him. Like right. He didn't want her to think differently of him. And uh, that was when Lila panics and reveals a scar on her arm that she had, and she had been storing the Rubicon program in it to draw uh, 
And a drive under her skin, which Dark had torn out. It's pretty much a ballistic... It's a launch override protocol designed to prevent any country from launching a nuclear attack. So that uh, Waller had put in place, it pretty much just... You can control every nuke in the world, which is a crazy thing for them to have. Like That just shows how much... Like... What is their company? That place? Argus. Argus. What well, the influence they have on the world is nuts. Like, I mean, to, like, yeah, but it, it, that's also something that you just don't want to let get out that you have. No. Like, and nice I, to have if someone's trying to launch a nuke at you. Yeah, but you how the hell Damien Dark knew that she had that in her arm? I can never. How know. the hell did Shadow Spire know about it? I don't know. Remember that episode when Amanda Waller died? Yeah, that's what they were after. Rubicon. Yeah, I mean, I, I know... It, I'm sure, like, knowing Rubicon exists isn't as, as, isn't as crazy as Damien Dark knowing it's in her fucking arm. Like, yeah, who did, How many people did she tell that she embedded this into her arm? Yeah, I'm that sure. shit's crazy. She's not a good director, Vargas. I, I don't know how, but... Um, uh, Felicity wonders what Damien Dark is using on as his arc. Like, pretty much... the Genesis is the book in the Bible where... With pretty much with Noah and his arc that God wanted to start over. So God killed everybody and said he told Noah to take a, his select few that he wanted. So that's pretty much what Dark is doing. Dark is creating his own flood, and then Felicity wants to know what his arc is. And it's funny because I'm pretty sure Felicity's dad's name is Noah. Is it? I don't remember. Um, I, I I feel like it is. I can't remember. I could be wrong. And then Thea, Thea's running through the town, and she's, like, losing her mind. She sees, she like goes around the corner. She sees like ghosts pretty much with guns and she starts freaking out. She starts running into like this cornfield, but then she hits a barrier, pretty much an invisible wall, and bounces off. And then it pans out and we saw her arc, the arc that they have, which is like an underground bunker that's supposed to represent a real world. And it's crazy. Yep. Very, very Truman Show esque. Very. It's cool though. I love the Truman Show. <laughs> that's oh, one of my favorite movies ever. Damn. All right. So we are on Monument Point. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Oh. I can't remember exactly how the episode starts off. They learn. They know that Damien Dark has these code, the Rubicon codes. Uh, Lila tells them all, and the episode opens in Russia. Oh yeah, there's a. The nukes start getting activated. Oh, know, yeah, that's right. Russia's like, holy shit. They're like, oh, this must be some kind of joke. And then, like, he walks into the room to the control panel room, and the guy's in there like, this is, like, these these are going off. He goes, "This you tell me this isn't a joke? Right. Uh, and they, they realize that they, Team Arrow has 21 hours to figure out how to stop the strikes. Like, says every wants, nuke in yeah. the world is going to be going off at the same time. Like, um, Felicity says she wants to get her father to help. Oliver agrees and Diggle's objections... Or over over Diggle's objections, he says that even if one of the nukes hits the hits the deaths that it caused, will give Dark nearly infinite power. Yeah, exactly. Dark, and then Diggle's pretty much like, "How can we trust him?" Arrow's like, "I'm not saying I trust him, but I do trust Felicity." Right. So in so the the the, the last couple episodes hadn't really had any flashbacks, but uh, so we got flashbacks in this episode. So in the flashback, Oliver retrieves his knapsack and returns. Uh, or I'm sorry, and starts to figure out how to get off the island. Yeah, he's with uh, that other chick. I can't remember her name. I don't remember the Russian chick. Yeah. Well, in the arc, the town Merlin comes to Thea, of course, and she goes, "Oh my God, here you go again." She goes, "You know, he's saying his thing. Oh, I did this too." And the thing's like, "What? Protect me? Like, pretty much like oh, that's all you ever fucking do, and you always protect me in the stupidest ass ways." 
And he's like, they manipulated everything to keep Thea safe in particular. Like, you know, pretty much had to do a favor to Dark, you know, for him to even want to keep Thea. But, you know, Merlin has played a big role. Right. And now he, she, she said she can she can either be there and complain or be a pain in the ass and demands to see Alex. Yeah. This Oh, yeah, we got Anarchy again in this episode. I forgot yeah. about that. And at Donna's apartment, she confronts Lance, you know... Lance pretty much saying that he has to lie about uh, he was gonna lie about knowing that his daughter was a black canary, that way he could get his badge back. But it's, you know Felicity's mom being as true all the truthful kind of person she is, she's like no you can't lie. She goes you it, I'd, you'd rather tell the truth and saying that you knew who she was and not get your badge and lie to get it. Ultimately, so whatever. And oh, it is. Oh, sweet. That's crazy. At Hive headquarters, Damien tells Murmur and Brick that he has. It's funny, we see Brick again. Brick was that guy that used to, he's that tall, like, English dude, bald guy. He's yeah. The, he would give people the gun and say, you can try to kill me, but I'm going to pound your goddamn skull in while you're doing it. Like, right. He was insane. Brick and Murmur. Yeah, and then, then, then Dark Dark also wants them to go after Calculator, which is Felicity's dad, because he knows that Calculator is the only person on the planet that can stop it, that can stop what's happening. Right. Even Felicity admits that. She can't do it by herself. She needs him. Uh, so Team Arrow is ahead of them, already in a building where um, Cutler was. Ow. <sighs> Sorry, he uh, seems to have run out in a hurry ahead of Brick and Mur- or ahead of Brick and Murmur, and a group of ghosts say that he wants to kill Cutler. So in the arc, Anarchy takes down a ghost and his with his cow prod and demands to know where to find Damien Dark. Back at the lair, Felicity is trying to find parts for Cutler. Is that his last name? I think so. For her father to build a computer based on the 90% he managed to clone. Yeah, they break in. Oh, yeah, Felicity gets they fired. They fucking talk about that. Yeah, Felicity gets fired from uh, Palmer Tech because that. she doesn't show up to the meetings or whatever, so they had a vote. They voted her out, and then she wanted to get... They're like, oh, you can't leave with anything, so they decide to break in and get the things they need because they, there's a certain thing they need to build to even begin to start stopping Rubicon. And, and yeah, and they say it's in Curtis's lab, which, by the way, we haven't seen Curtis yeah, since that crazy. episode yeah. where he where was... he helped them. Where yeah. He was, yeah I, I was like, I was hoping we were seeing him in this episode. Yeah. Terrific. Well, hopefully we see him... There's only two more episodes left, so... Yeah. So, uh... They, you know, they, they, they can't get the part, but then her dad's like, I can clone it. So they clone it. They only get 90% of the way. So then they need to get the rest of the stuff. They said th- they think that he can build it based on that what he has so so but they need a better sir they need a better location to go to um back in the flashback on the island Oliver faces off against Ryder who has him trapped with a knife poised t- to attack um Ooh. in the building where the arcs scrubber what like the power source I think. oh okay Thea stops Lonnie, which I, I'm assuming is Anarchy, yeah. from destroying the machine. She appeals to Anarchy's decency, saying that she'll help take down Dark, but not if he's going to kill innocent people while he's deliberating. Merlin hits him with an arrow, and Anarchy runs away. Which then he proves to Thea that he wasn't you know, really going to follow what she was saying, and that he was going to blow the place up anyway. Right, yeah. I mean, like he's a tough son of a bitch. That's for damn sure. At the Star City server farm, the Team Arrow has taken the building, and Cutler is preparing to try and go after Dark. What? Hive has figured out where they're broadcasting from, though, so they're about to go under attack. So, they're, you know, they're in the, on these computers, him and Felicity are working together, trying to do this, get these nukes stopped. 
Uh, and, well, once they once he get, gets in there, there's like a signal that gets sent out for like ten seconds, and it's just enough for that hive to figure out where they're coming from. And so they all have to go out there. They have to get Lila and Argus involved, and they all go out oh, there. It was and a big try to, battle. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty neat. It was interesting. Um, and then uh, Oliver fights him. You know, fights Brick again. He ends up beating the shit out of him. It was a good ass fight, you know. And Oliver, yeah. Oliver ends up overcoming Brick, and uh, you know, and then him and he's telling pretty much uh, at, at Oliver they're looking for something, and Oliver tells Diggle, "You can't be lying, Lila. It won't work. Trust me. Take it from me." He goes lying about something like this is gonna always end in bad for relationships. Go down a little bit. Uh, We're, we we went past that kind of. Bit. They're they're kind of bad. Where are they at? Yeah, now they're talking going. about her being fired. Yeah, what the fuck? Go down. Oh, yeah, we're, we're... Well, and uh, in the flashback, go back to the flashback, and then Oliver seems like he's going to be killed by him. He goes by Ryder and then Tatiana or whatever, Titina. Tatiana. She shows up and she shoots a thing out of his hand and they take... Pretty much, t- and then they all of like, Ryder down, dude. He fucking shot him a whole bunch. Yeah, I know. He kept like blasting Ryder, and he just keeps getting right back up. And then they they run off, and that's really all we see of that at that point. And then I don't think they go back into it for the rest I don't of the think episode. So. Um, so at the arc, Alex, uh, Thea's boyfriend, there is super excited about the whole day end of days thing. Merlin comes up to her and asks for help saving Ark from anarchy sabotage. Team about this, the stuff after this, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, what the fuck. These notes are terrible. We take way better notes. Um, while in the elevator... Nope, I don't want to talk about that. So that's pointless. The server farm... Yeah, they're out in the arc. Like, Alex is unconscious, attacked by anarchy, and then Thea then proceeds to fight him with him. He always... He seems to be a little... Has an upper hand right at first, and then Alex gets up, and then anarchy pretty much... Kills him, I guess. He hits him with electric thing, and Thea kicks his ass, knocks him unconscious, and then she's like holding Alex, just like crying, because I think Alex was killed, I believe. Right. Um. I know Alex does wake up. Oh, does he? Yeah, he wakes up to see Thea fighting him. Oh yeah, and yeah, then she turns and then around. She, okay, and then I see. Him, yeah. Um. Do Felicity and Cutler are working on the project with three minutes left to go before the nukes. Uh, Launch it makes it. Uh, Murmur makes it inside and shoots Cutler, um, Felicity's father. Per, uh, he took a bullet he, for Felicity. Yep, yep, he protects her with his body. They manage to stop all but one nuke launching out of the Russian silo from earlier in the episode. It's going to hit it Monument is, City. Yep, it is in the air and headed for Monument Point on the U.S. East Coast. While they're working to stop the missile, Team Arrow has figured out that another ley line point. Is at City Hall, where Dark's wife has evacuated the building. Yeah, they like the points where Dark can absorb his power the best. Like, yeah. Um. In in the flashback, Tiana collapses and her eyes turn yellowish with Ryder's magic. Oh yeah, that's right. She has the the thing, and all of a sudden she they're running off with the the idol, and she like looks like she's starting to get those she's starting to get those powers, which is crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. Um, at the server farm, Felicity has figured out that she can't stop the missile but can use a GPS relay to move it off course. So instead of hitting a large city like Monument Point, take out a smaller town called... Havenwood. I don't think it's called Haven. It's called Haven Rock. So, yeah, so. Now there's only tens of thousands of casualties. She saved millions, but 
she pretty much changed moved monument point like ultimately like according to the gps she then she like renamed heaven rock or whatever monument point and she's still that's still hard on her you know she's like not happy with it tens of thousands of people were killed because she she killed them like those people were not going to die but then she they did die and she feels it's her fault right so oliver and diggle go to city hall to find and they find a secret passageway follow it underground and they find a chamber where Damien Dark is drawing a massive amount of power from his idol. And he's just like absolutely crazy. He's collecting all of the power from all of the deaths from the Haven Rock bombing. Yes. It was insane. That nuke was crazy. Yeah, that shit was massive. Yeah, that was Dragon Ball Z attack. Yeah, dude. I was like, oh, that was, that was some budget budget ridding. Yeah, that was some good special shit. effects. So... Well, yeah, that's yeah. So then, then they, no, and then it just ends with you know Oliver in this room with Dark while Dark's absorbing these powers, and so God, who knows who's how the next episode's going to start off. Well, we don't need it. We have our own notes. Yeah, I know. I'm just doing this just in case we forget. Well, then we're gonna get into the Fear of the Walking Dead. We gotta. There was it wasn't too much of this episode. Too much happened. I mean, it was a it was a decent episode, but oh, by, by the way, next week's episode is called Shiva. Interesting. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Another episode of Fear the Walking Dead, season two, episode. Is it episode four? It's not episode four. Yes, it is. It is? There's only four episodes in? Uh, I'm pretty sure. Might be episode five. Let me just check. But regardless, this episode starts off and it's showing. It's a flashback to back in the. You know, back before. I think it ended. It's okay. Just let it end. The episode. Uh, it's showing that like they're in, they're in a church and there's these priests and they're praying. And I think it was must have been some kind of disease that struck way back in the day, or maybe it was right at the start of the zombie apocalypse. They weren't really clear on that, but you know they're all doing their praying thing and all of a sudden there's they walk outside and there's this like there's children and people they just start bleeding from their eyes and everybody's like dying, which is the poisoning that they were talking about. I think yeah, this was had it been right at the start. Yeah, because they were eating those wafers for the uh, the body of Christ, you know. So, and then it goes right into the episode. It starts. Uh, it's interesting. This it's cool because they're all back together now. We know the last episode they were taken. Didn't take them very long to get them. I guess it's episode six. Okay, I didn't think so. That it was episode. Four. That's crazy to me because that means that the mid season finale is going to be like two episodes. Yeah. Huh. I seriously only thought it was four for some reason. That's crazy. Well, all right then. And then you know they're still on the boat at first, and you know, they're all together, and they have their buddy Luis Strand, the one that uh, Nick went to go get, and they are coming up on the Mexican border, trying to pay their way into Mexico, and that's when things get a little bit crazy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, let me see here. <coughs> I don't know. I I wrote down. I said I don't know why these people are worried about money. I think it's crazy to me that they. Well, they don't. I mean, they probably don't. They assume that the money will still be good. Like, right? They're probably still at the point now that they think that things can still get better. Right. Um, did you talk about Maxi Jack Black getting shot? No. Maxi Jack Black got shot. His name is Luis or Luis. Um. Uh, he's he's dying. He's not dead yet, but he wants to give something to his mother. Daniel throws it overboard. It's like a coin with an owl face on it. Um. So they get to Mexico and they go walking in. There's a crazy pile of dead bodies. There's dogs eating them. It's disgusting. 
um, they, you know, they've they've arrived at their destination. What's his name? Strand uh, immediately sees uh, Thomas's truck. And like Thomas, and he runs off. And he then. runs off trying to find him because he needs, you know, he, he, that's his boyfriend, that's his boy. And then they come, on, and then on like this Walker horde starts attacking them, just like all these children and priests and churchgoers and. Yeah, and it's it's crazy, and I mean, there's just the the funniest part about it to me is that there's just weapons laying on the ground, They're, like one for each of them. Yeah. Bats and machetes, like how perfect. Yeah. It's like a scene right out of a video game. Right. Ooh, weapons. Yeah, like it. How convenient. So they start handling them. So they, we're starting to see them. They're getting a little bit better at this. Like they're they're stabbing the zombies in the head. They're, they're right. They're not getting too overwhelmed. For for them to have weapons right there, absolutely. Yeah. If I feel like if this was regular Walking Dead, there would not have been those weapons there. Yeah. Rick would have had to have figured out a way to kill them with his beard or something. Now Daniel, there's a scene where you know there's a couple young young walkers in this position in this situation and. There's a scene where a little little male little boy walker comes up to Daniel, and Daniel's like holding him back. And he starts having flashbacks, and it looks as though he is holding a boy by his throat. I know we used to talk. Daniel's mentioned more than once about back in the day, about all the troubles he went through living in villages and stuff. Yeah. But I think he was one of the guys raiding the villages. Yeah, he might. Because the way it looked like he was holding that boy's throat, I think he was one of the bad guys in that. Yeah. He's trying not to be. You know, like that's why. And and Nick has a hard time killing a little girl walker too. He does it. He does it, yeah. You have to. Yeah. Um, and then, and then Madison is attacked by a walker, and Chris just stands up watching. Yeah, just standing there watching it happen. He like, claims that he froze, but but Alicia knows she could see that he's just watching. He didn't freeze. Yeah, Alicia had to step in and, and take care of what Chris didn't do. Which because Chris is a little upset with Madison because he told she pretty much told his dad that there was no reason to kill that guy. Right. And he's like, oh, well, she like you know he's being a little pussy. Um. So then they all go in the house. They have to drop their weapons. It kind of reminds me of Terminus in a way. They right. have to and you know give up their weapons before entering. And they all do it without question except Daniel. <laughs> yeah. Um, you said Strand seems to be sick? No. That's Strand. what it says there. Oh, Strand's... Strand's I, I meant to say Strand's BF boyfriend. Okay, yeah. Okay, I see. Strand's I, boyfriend. Yeah, he got bit. You could see the blood Yeah, marks. Yeah, you could see teeth marks on his arm. Um... Pretty much willed himself alive until Strand got there, which was pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool of him. And then, and then Strand offers to, uh, you know, be by his bedside, and they yeah, he helps him into bed, and then and then he offers to pretty much die with him, like, yeah. um, saying that like he goes, that's very uh, Romeo and Juliet esque of you, Shakespearean, Shakespearean. Yeah, yeah so it's very Shakespearean of you. Um, and then. So we're getting this other little plot of this girl. I can't remember her name. The the woman, Louisa's mother. Yes. Yeah, I know. Daniel realizes that he finds the walkers in the basement. Yes. It's very very farm like. Like this yes. whole episode reminded me of the farm quite a bit. Very Herschel. I feel like they were on the farm at this episode. So like a lot of this could have been happening at the exact same time. Yeah. Well, they were like you see we see a boy throwing a dog down some chute, and the dog's like freaking out, and then you can just, you can hear the walkers eating it. Like, right. It's insane. Um, another thing I mentioned is that there's like a scene where Alicia's just like sitting, laying on a couch, like watching TV, and I'm like, this bitch. Yeah, right. I'll call the way across on the opposite side of the country. She's just sitting down watching a fucking. Well, they're out camping on a television show and out of cans of beer. our fucking boys and girls on over in Atlanta or on a farm eating trying to find Sophia, worrying about being pregnant, and they're eating pozole, watching movies. Yeah, they're over there having a blast <laughs> over in Mexico. 
I just think it's, I mean, it's cool. It's it's interesting seeing, you know, while they're going through it. But I still think the timeline's a little fucked up. Mm-hmm. I still think that cause the walkers look too fresh. Yeah. So I still think that their season two is Walking Dead season one. Yeah. And their season three is going to be Walking Dead season two. Right. But eventually it's going to be running concurrently, so there's going to be time jumps. Right. But, um, but and Alicia confronts Chris about him watching. He goes, oh, I froze. We said, you know, we mentioned this, and Chris pretty much vaguely threatens her saying I don't want to hurt anybody right you know but you know you can't say anything to anybody I don't want to hurt anybody and then Alicia's feeling very unsafe and she so yeah so she tells Madison about it Madison's like well and then she confronts Travis about it and Travis is like uh, uh, you know comparing the two and about how he was there for Nick and, and all this stuff like that and Madison wants him there for her for Alicia, but he's got to be there for Chris, and she, you know, he wants Madison to be there for Chris too, and he goes, "They're our family. It's like not just your daughter, or my daughter. It's our family, like right? Our daughter. I mean, he makes a good point, but yeah, but he just doesn't want to have to hear anything of it that his son. He doesn't like confrontation. Wants them dead. Yeah, he, he's kind I of. I think a he's punk. a pussy. Honestly, right. I think the story is going to be about Daniel and Nick. I'm rooting for both of them. Yeah, I hope Nick kicks the shit out of fucking Chris. New Carl. New Carl, pussy. I like Carl now, but. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't like Carl in season two. He no. really pissed me off. Well, Daniel, Daniel, you know, he goes and he follows down where he saw that kid put the dog down. And he sees his boy talking to his, presumably his mother. And he goes, hey, who are you talking to? This is all in Spanish. He goes, who are you talking to? He goes, oh, my mom. And he said, can I meet her? And he goes, well, you can see her through the gate. And then Daniel walks in this room and there's just fucking walkers like on this other side of these bars. Like, with their eyes bleeding. That I don't know. I feel like maybe they had bloody eyes. I don't remember. Because Daniel then confronts Luis's mom saying, you poisoned them all. He yeah. Goes, no, he goes, you killed them. He goes, she goes, he goes, all the partitioners or whatever, like the churchgoers. And she goes, no, you killed them. Because she has that weird freaking notion that they're not dead. They're just, you know. Sick. They're, yeah, they're, they're just sick. And she's fucking crazy. Like saying, oh, Luis, Luis wasn't shot in the head. Oh, then everything's just fine. Like, Right. It's just ridiculous to me. Like she's just absolutely bonkers. Yeah, it's, uh, that's a very Herschel mindset. Yeah. She'll come around, maybe, if she makes it that long. Yeah, so she takes the poison wafers into the strand, which which he is going to eat, or he was going to eat, or right. to kill himself with them. And, and then, uh, I guess Strand makes the conscious decision to not, after you know he lays there and waits for Thomas to, to pass, and he makes the decision to not eat the wafer and die with him, which is going to have... Some ramifications against that Luis's mother, because she said that what she what he was doing was very noble, yeah. by not being afraid of death. Because she says the same thing to Daniel about being a, why are you afraid so afraid to die and stuff like that, which leads me to believe that she's on on the brink of suicide herself. Right, just to be that like it's like it's like to her being a walker is the next step. Like yeah, like that's heaven. Like well, okay, well, <clears throat> but. Though during that scene, but you know when he's in there, uh, we see Chris wake up out of bed, and then he like walks into Alicia's room where she's sleeping with Madison, and he goes, "Alicia," she doesn't say anything, and then he proceeds to walk over to their bedside table and pick up a knife, and that's when we hear the gunshot because Strand decided to put the bullet through a pillow, through a pillow to his head because you know that she's not going to be too happy. Louisa's not his mother. head, but Thomas's head. Yeah, Thomas's head. She, his mom's not going to be too happy because. Strand's not an idiot. He knows that they're, you know, she's full of her shit, you know. Right. So, and then they wake up and to see Chris standing over them with a knife. And then Alicia freaks out, get the hell out of here, Chris. And Chris takes off out the door, so 
I don't know who knows what the hell that's going to lead to. Like, you, what else would you assume if somebody you already was afraid of that was right. going to hurt you is standing over your bed with a knife? Like, you know, it's gonna there's going to be some hell in the next episode. I think. Yeah, the next episode's going to be. I don't know if Chris was what he was intention. They looked like he was going to stab her. Like, yeah, it's like pre. Either they're only doing. I think it's all, this season's only thirteen. It's either thirteen or sixteen episodes. So it's missing finale is coming. It's going to be the next episode of the episode after. It's going to be like Chris stabbing Madison. I don't fucking define out, dude. It's, I feel like it's going to be pretty crazy. Yeah. Whatever's, whatever happens is going to be interesting. But, I mean, that we pretty much flew through that episode description. There wasn't a whole I mean, lot. that's pretty much all that happened, though. All yeah. the important stuff we... Good episode. Like, I'm, I'm liking the season pretty good. Like, yeah. We're finally off the boat for now. Who knows how long this I hope they're off it for a little while. I'm not a huge fan of them being in Mexico. It's a... I mean, either way, no matter which way you look at it, they're, it's totally different. Yeah. Well, it's good. that's fine. I'm glad without that. Like, it, it just shows how different it is. Like, you know, like even different in England or China. Or like, you know, what I mean, like, like I, I, I understand that the whole point of it needs to be out of the city. You need to be out of the high populated areas. I get that, but I still think that it'd be cool to see someone who's just like, nope, I refuse. I'm gonna stay in the city. Right. Just be a total fucking city badass forever. Yeah. That'd be crazy. You could live anywhere. Yeah. Because like being in Los Angeles, that's the most populated city in America. Mm-hmm. Then imagine living somewhere like. Hokey, I mean Hong Kong, Japan, China. Oh God, it would be like, insane. You know, there's that. There's so many, ten billion people. Well, well, no, it was not ten billion. That's a lot. There's a lot of fucking goddamn people. In yeah, there's, there's a lot people of people anywhere else. Like, so I can um, imagine the zombie apocalypse there. Yeah, I'm sure it's not pretty. That's for sure. I was asking DJ because like Strand and his boyfriend are gay, and I was like, you think zombies can be gay too? Like all they eat is penises. Like. <laughs> <laughs> they see like they walk in. They see like a woman. They're like, nah, nah. There's a penis. I'm eating that. <laughs> they just eat penises. <laughs> just zombie dicks. But and zombie assholes. <laughs> eat your ass. Imagine getting turned into a walker because you were getting bit in your asshole. That's how you became a walker. Like, <laughs> there's a walker without ass cheeks. Dude, I. It's gotta be. I bet you that, as like. I'm not saying that as human, like us, me and you, human beings, that humans would taste good. But as a walker, I bet you they're damn delicious. I mean, do you think their taste buds even work? I don't know. I mean, there's that one. Remember that scene? That walker was like sucking out the bone marrow. I think so. Yeah. You he, know was like, oh. he's like, <laughs> he was all about it, dude. Like he was. They're they're like going crazy. Like, they make like, it look Ugh. delicious. They they sure do. I mean, did you know that that's just like strawberry jelly and like yeah. Shit, like, starch and all, like they, yeah. yeah it's, I mean, sure, it still doesn't taste all that great, but no, they, to make it look like that, I mean, but still, like the the way the zombies do it, they make it look delicious as hell. Like maybe <laughs> maybe human is great. <laughs> like if if I'm in the zombie bon zombie apocalypse, I might just join the walkers, just <laughs> just as a human, just like right. Man, like God, that that shit looks delicious. Like the you think you'd be a whisper? Uh, yeah, but I would fucking take it a whole step further. Yeah, I would eat them. You just yeah, I would eat people. Or I, no, I, I would like I would like bite people, and then they would like fr- think they're turning, but they I never would. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in bed, trolling in the apocalypse, and just like sit back and be like, just watch. He's like getting sick and dying. He's like, hey, but he's not really. It's all placebo effect. <laughs> and then and like people come by, like wait, and they like chop their arm off. Yeah, and you yeah. just like sit back and be like, ah, <laughs> dumb you shit. fucker. So I'm like, I bit you. Ah! <laughs> Or you could just like sit back and just you, dude. I would just hide in bushes and shit. Just be like, hey, hey, and then hey. someone's like, turn around, and just be like, Ugh. just like walk out. <laughs> but then like, you hope. get shot in the fucking face. Yeah, I hope nobody kills uh, you. Just like always tap on glass and shit. Or I would just like be, hide in I would, like, houses. And just, I would just like sprint past windows. Does the zombie just sprint past our window? Like that would be just like as people are like walking through your neighborhood, just be like, 
You know what I mean? Constantly. And people would be like, what the fuck was that? I would just like, no, I would like go to people, ring the doorbell, stand at the front door as a walker. And then when they open it, it's <laughs> like waiting for them to answer the door. And then, uh, as a pizza delivery guy, you're like, what are your pizza? <laughs> Dude, that would be fun as fuck to do. Out, out in real life. No, just like. Or you dress up as a walker while I'm working and I deliver pizza. And then as they open the door, I'm getting to eat. No, like if it was a zombie apocalypse, like we would just go to Domino's, put toppers on our car and just put empty box boxes in them. And put brains in them. And just like start delivering. Just start going to door to door. And like till what? We find no people. tip? Until <laughs> we find people. Be like, pizza. People yeah. be like, what the fuck? What's happening? Who ordered pizza? Like our cell phones don't even work. Be like, we got a call for this address. That's interesting. Try to see Must be a prank. How many people we can convince that there is no zombie apocalypse? It's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like you were out delivering all night, just says, like take a big thing of money out and just be like, <laughs> "You change." <laughs> it's like, "All right, see you later." The zombie trolls. Well, that's, those life. are our hopes and dreams for the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> Dude, even like we're last thinking night, big. I was delivering pizzas and I was like trying to see how quiet I could walk on my way up to their door. So they didn't know you were there. Just like yeah, like I was like walking up their steps. And I was just seeing, like, if I could walk as silent as possible. Interesting. To, and I do it all the time. Like, I remember, this is, you're going to laugh at this, but my parents took me to see Sherlock Holmes 2 yeah. in theaters. It got me in this weird fucking spy type mood. And I, like, went to Walmart, and I was trying to see, I was just, like, walking around like I was a spy. Interesting. <laughs> like, I would, like, walk, and, like, I, I would try to, I would try to go around aisles without people noticing what I was doing. I wasn't doing anything but buying stuff. See, but even if they noticed you, they wouldn't acknowledge you. So, like, you, I know, you think you're I just, winning. I felt like I was a badass, dude. Like, it's like they didn't even look in my direction. <laughs> they did not know I was there. They didn't. And I was trying to be quiet. I was, like, holding the keys on my side. Of Sherlock Holmes so. home, home took it not that long ago, didn't it? It was. It was like, it you was, were almost a grown man. I was. Yeah, I was. Very, <laughs> I, was I was probably. He was a nine kid. And he was. He was. A I was probably nineteen or twenty. Probably twenty-one. I can't remember. It was around Christmas time, about five years ago, I think. But all right, well, I think that's all we have to talk about today <laughs> on our episode of Nerd Talkalypse, episode number fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah, we're halfway to thirty. Uh, just so everybody here knows, uh, we're I'm probably we're probably going to be changing our uh, RSS feed um, from SoundCloud to something else so you won't be getting any updates from soundcloud but it shouldn't affect your subscription service um so when we share the episode it'll be coming from a totally different server um our soundcloud will be not it won't be updated with our newest episodes because you have to it's a paid service to do that so we're going to be bringing our soundcloud to back to a free account but our episodes will remain there for subscription purposes, but everything else will be uploaded on the new server. So if you're subscribed via SoundCloud, go like us on Facebook so you can get the new updates um, right. because we're not paying for both. Um, we're basically just switching over so we can get more stats and, and deliver you guys better content and um, things like that. So um, go go over to our Facebook page or even on Twitter. Go find us on, on Twitter at, at, you know, we're at Nerdtalkalypse, all lowercase. On Twitter, you know, facebook.com slash Nerdtalkalypse. Um, just search for us off your normal page, uh, Nerdtalkalypse podcast. Um, every episode gets posted there. So, you know, you'll be able to, you know, get all the updates. But we're going to be doing that probably within the next week or so. 
Um, so this episode <laughs> will probably be the last one that goes up on SoundCloud, and then next week um, you'll have the rest. Everything else will be imported to the new service, so uh, you know won't you'll still be able to to listen to old episodes if you need to or whatever. But just wanted to let everybody know who's listening that that's what's going to be happening. So if you would, or if you know anybody that you're going to be telling about the podcast or anything like that, just direct them to our Facebook page for now, and then. You know, and and within within about two weeks, everything should be all straightened out. But like I said, it's better for the podcast. It's better for us um, to be, to be doing it this way. And on Facebook, you can see us do this live every Monday. So um, that only benefits you if you like our Facebook page. So anyway, thanks for tuning in this week. We'll be back next week with episode sixteen, and um, we're getting into the penultimate episodes of Arrow and Flash and um, things like that. Hopefully, we can get talking about legends a little bit too because that shit is crazy right now but all right guys thanks for listening we'll see you next time nerd talk ellipse has assumed no claim and is not endorsed by material used in this podcast production all music sounds and references are copyrighted under the franchise name nerd talk lips can be contacted by phone email or social media you can contact us by email nerd at gmail.com on Twitter, at NerdTalkalypse, or by phone at 814-299-6653. For more content, you can check out our blog at www.nerdtalkalypse.weebly.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash nerdtalkalypse. If you like what you heard today, we want to hear from you. Please leave us a review on iTunes, or you can find us in the Android market on Stitcher and Player FM. If there's a subject you wish us to talk about, please let us know. We will do our absolute best and research the subject and bring it to you next episode. Thank you for listening to Nerd Talkalypse.